Welcome, Northview. Hey, guys, it's so good to see you. For those of you that are our guests tonight, Northview is one church in 12 different locations. If you don't have a church home, we'd be honored to have you come and be a part of all that God is doing. You came a great weekend. This is going to be a very special weekend, and that will unfold here for you in just a few minutes. This last week was our Matthew 25 challenge. Get this, we had over 2,800 of you that participated. Now, that's a yay God. Can we say yay God? Yeah. You know, in Matthew, it says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. You know, guys, if you signed up, if you were one of the 2,800 people for sure, and maybe others of you signed up for the text, and you were getting the text every week and seeing the different videos the World Vision was sending us, they were incredible. They really were. In one video, we saw over 600 million people live without access to clean water. I mean, that just... That just, it's hard to wrap your brain around something like that. Or, or stories of like eight-year-old Esther who walks to get water four times a day from a dirty pond. Listen, guys, at Northview, we believe that every name has a story and that every story matters to God. Esther's story matters to God, and I tell you, it should matter to us. Well, today, guys, we're going to continue that story. We are in week five of a six-week spiritual growth campaign called Chosen. And of course, if you've been here, you know that we've been talking about the fundamentals of Christianity and how we've all been chosen by God. Today, Steve Spear is our guest speaker. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Steve before he comes. A couple of years ago, Steve did a very bold thing. First of all, he resigned his position at one of the largest churches in America, and he ran from Los Angeles to New York for the cause of clean water. I don't know about you, but that just kind of blows me away. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around that. He literally ran across the country. Now, for those of you that are already marathon runners, it was like running a marathon every single day for 150 days. I don't know, kind of crazy. I don't know. It's amazing. I can't even comprehend it. I have a hard time running to the kitchen. Uh, but get this. In the process, he raised $500,000 for the most needy in our world. Guys, it really is an incredible story. And in 2017, he was recognized on the floor of the U.S. Congress for his humanitarian work and as a role model for all Americans. Steve and his wife, Frances, have been married for 35 years, and they have two grown children and one grandson, and they live in the Chicago area. Would you guys give a warm Northview welcome to Steve Spear? Well, thank you so much, Pastor Steve, uh, Northview family. It is an honor to be with you. And I want to start by giving a huge shout out to every campus, every campus pastor, and all of you online. It really is a humbling privilege to be with you today. Hey, is it okay if I introduce my family to you? Is that all right? Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, so this is my family. This is at my daughter's wedding about a year and a half ago. It's my wife, Frances, my daughter, Chelsea, a new son-in-law, Joe, my son, Zach, 
and our daughter-in-law, Ashley. So a little Spear family trivia for you all, it's this, is that our daughter, Chelsea and Joe, got engaged right here in Carmel. So Carmel became an iconic place for them as they dated. They would drive down from Chicago on the regular. So right in the Monon, right after lunch at Bub's Burgers, Joe popped the question. Chelsea said yes, and we were waiting to jump in and celebrate. So God bless Carmel. God bless Indiana. Um, super cool. Also in this picture, our daughter-in-law, Ashley, uh, she was uh, pregnant at the time. So just over a year ago, our first grandchild came our way. And uh, this is little Bellamy. And I'm telling you what, we are loving being grandparents. And if you can tell by the look on my face, I'm loving the grandpa journey. I really, really am. I also have to tell you, it has been amazing for me being step for step with you, the Northview family, during the spiritual growth campaign and the chosen series that you're in right now. Pastor Steve's teaching has enriched my soul. And you all get this on the regular. I mean, how amazing uh, that you have this on the regular from Pastor Steve and his book, Creatures of Habit, has deeply impacted my life. And I know how grateful you are for him and the teaching. And then last week, Pastor CJ, first talk, lit it up, right? I mean, amen, he lit it up. I'll tell you what. Opening up Matthew 25, telling his story, and then seeing 2,800, as Pastor Steve mentioned, 2,800 of you take on the Matthew 25 challenge. This whole thing has been electrifying. It really, really has. My life verse is Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And the spiritual growth campaign has been completing God's work in us, hasn't it? Amen? Yeah, just give a shout amen to that. Yes, it has. Yes, thank you very much. You can talk. This is good. This is good. And I just want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this alongside of you. Now, I have a big thank you for you as well. Are you ready? Are you ready for the big thank you? Some of you may not know this, but nine years ago, we had a vision at World Vision to unleash thousands of non-runners, non-runners, to take on the Indy Monumental Half and Full Marathon, taking people from the couch to the finish line, and then back to the couch again afterwards, right? Uh, all in an effort to raise money uh, for clean water for the most vulnerable. So get this, Northview was the pillar church. Your church was the pillar church to get this whole thing started nine years ago. And since then, over, over 3,000 people from churches all over the greater Indy area have raised, are you ready? $2.7 million for clean water. This is to be celebrated. Yeah. So Northview, Pillar Church Northview, on behalf of the thirsty communities around the world, thank you. We thank you. Now, without a doubt, many of you do know World Vision, and if by chance you don't, here's who we are. Our mission is to follow Jesus. That's our mission to follow Jesus by serving the poor and the oppressed. And we've been doing this with the most vulnerable children in the name of the Lord in 100 countries for over 70 years. But today, I wanna give you an inside scoop because there's something pretty amazing happening at World Vision. You see, there is a renewing spirit and it's birthing new ideas. And I'm telling you, there's a big idea that Pastor Steve and I wanna share with you in just a few moments. So when someone hears that I ran across the United States, they always like to hear a few statistics. Uh, so let me start with a picture. Uh, this is how the U.S. run began and ended. Uh, it started on April 8th, 2013. This is the far west rail of the Santa Monica Pier. 
And then it finished 150 days later. That's at Battery Park overlooking the Statue of Liberty. So between points A and B, I ran 3,081 miles. Not that I was counting. Um, I was. I uh, ran through 14 states, went through 10 pair of ASIC running shoes, wore and washed a bunch of times, uh, 15 World Vision running jerseys, consumed on average 6,000 calories a day. We figured I ate about 1,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mid-run. God bless PB&J. Um, high sustained elevation, 7,500 feet in Arizona. Greatest aggregate elevation change was in the Allegheny Mountains of, uh, I said the highest elevation was 7,500 feet in Arizona. Greatest aggregate elevation change was in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania. One week of running 175 miles with 32,000 feet of aggregate elevation change. Scariest moment being attacked by six wild dogs in Oklahoma, a bit freaky. And of course, as Pastor Steve mentioned, the most satisfying is to have seen over a half million dollars raised uh, for clean water in Africa. But Northview family, at each campus, and for those of you that are online, I am the most unlikely guy ever to have run across the United States. You see, I didn't run my first marathon, my first anything until 2007. It was the Chicago Marathon with World Vision. I was a complete non-runner and hated running but I felt God moving me past my comfort zone and beyond my fears. As a matter of fact, I had four goals for my first marathon. Goal number one was just to hate running less every time I ran. Goal number two was to train well enough to make it to the starting line. The third goal was to finish before they closed the course. These were not high goals, you all, right? And the final goal was to raise $1,000 for clean water. And I thought it was a one and out deal. But God began to reverse something in me. And then a couple years later, I was invited to go and run the 56 mile, you heard me right, 56 mile Comrades Ultra Marathon in South Africa. Now, I didn't much like running 26 miles, so I definitely didn't want to go for 56. Yet God was again inviting me past my comfort zone, beyond my fears. Six months after that race, I was at my in-laws home in Ohio on an innocent six mile run. And at mile three of that run, I heard a whisper from the Holy Spirit, it wasn't audible, but it basically went like this. Steve, you're to run across the United States for the good of others. That freaked me out. I mean, I thought, man, this is like a bad taco from the night before. Like, this is crazy. As a matter of fact, I was so freaked out by that. I didn't even tell my wife about that notion for two months. It just scared me that much. And I don't know, you probably have done this over the course of the summer months where you've tried to keep a beach ball under the surface of the water. You push it down and it bops back up again. You push it down and it pops back up again. That's what I did with that vision for the next 12 months until finally I just threw my arms up and surrender. And I said, Lord, I know you're calling me to dedicate myself more to running and how running changes lives. And if the expression of that is a run from LA to New York filled with more unknowns than I can count, I'm in. I don't get it, but I'm in. So we did what all sane people do. Uh, I resigned my position at Willow Creek Community Church after 16 years. My wife sold and liquidated a 3,000 square foot brick and mortar antique business that she'd been building for six years. And the driving question was why? Why would I do this run? Why would we endure what is arguably the hardest thing that we'd ever done, the hardest thing that I'd ever done physically, emotionally? Why? Because you see, God was beginning to reverse a false narrative in me. And the false narrative is this, that people who have less are less. 
And God would use a run from LA to New York to reverse that narrative that people who have less are less. But rather what we are called to do as Christ followers is we're called to do two things. We're called to restore the broken circumstances in our world and we're called to affirm inerrant dignity. This is what we're called to do. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus in his ministry talked about caring for the poor and the vulnerable almost more than anything else in his time on earth. And last week when Pastor CJ lifted from scripture, Matthew 25, when Jesus said these words, he said, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him almost quizzically is how the righteous would answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You see, Jesus' kingdom is one of a radical reversal. In these words, Jesus flipped everything. It's a different kind of kingdom. Instead of riding in on a stallion, what did our king come riding in on? A donkey, right? Instead of having servants, what did he do? He washed his disciples' feet. Instead of being wealthy, he lived a meager life. He challenged us to think about every single thing in this life differently. In Matthew 25, he invites us to call and receive the most hurting around us as family, as family. And to reverse this false narrative that those who have less are less, but rather to affirm their inherent dignity and to restore their broken circumstances. This is it, friends. This is it, Northview family. The two action steps of the radically reversing kingdom of God. It's what it's all about. To use our blessings and our resources to get in the game and to restore the circumstances around us, even if it's just for one person or for one child. And I don't know about you, but I'm often tempted to think, well, I don't need to do it because someone else sitting in my row or where you are, they'll do it. We're tempted to think these things, aren't we? But when we say yes to building the radically reversing kingdom of God, you know what happens? I mean, not only are the people we are serving changed, not only are communities transformed, but our lives are changed in ways we never thought possible. And I'd like to tell you about a seven-year-old girl who changed all of this for me. This is Winnie. And this is a child that Francis and I began sponsoring in August of 2012, just ahead of the U.S. run. It was on this day that I met Winnie and her family in their very humble home in the Rift Valley area of Kenya. And then after some greetings, we walked one mile to their water source. And this uh, small pond that you can see in the backdrop of this, it's where Winnie's family washed what little clothes they have. It's where they bathe. And it's where I saw livestock drinking around the perimeter of this pond and relieving themselves. This is their water source. And then we drew water out of that source, that contaminated source in that five gallon container you see. Water that would kill half the kids under the age of five in Winnie's village. It's called the infant mortality rate. And then I carried that five gallon, weighs 50 pounds. Think of an old school microwave on your shoulder full of water. 
I carried that one mile back to when he's home, and that walk wrecked me. Um, something seismic shifted in my life that day, and I've not been the same since. And my heart broke thinking of Winnie and the thousands of kids who would not have life. And then I learned how our $39 a month was being pooled together with the $39 of other children in the community that were being sponsored, not only to bring clean water, but sanitation, healthcare, uh, education, and even microfinance. On the left side of this next image, this is when uh, we met Winnie almost seven years ago. This is before they had access to clean water and a sense of what fullness of life could look like. On the right is when I saw Winnie just a couple of years ago. Uh, Winnie, they now have access to clean water in their area. Uh, she is excelling in school, and her family, thanks to her mom, Justina, who is a rock star, has a thriving garden business. And get this, every Sunday, Winnie is teaching 20 to 25 smaller children truths from Scripture like you're hearing here at Northview. And I'm telling you, we've seen and hung out with Winnie and her family twice uh, since first meeting her. And this young Vibrant, joy-filled girl has not only become family, she has redefined family. Broken circumstances restored. An errant dignity affirmed. People and their whole communities transformed. And in the few minutes that I have remaining, I want to tell you one story from the U.S. run, and then I want to invite you into something very powerful. Uh, when I crossed into New Jersey, I was within days of the U.S. run finishing. And something supernatural almost unexplainable occurred. For starters, I had 35 miles on my run schedule that day, and I didn't start running until 1 p.m. in the afternoon, which is a little daunting even of itself to start that late in the day. At about 6 p.m. with a gray sky at mile 25, I started up a fairly sharp incline. Now, I just finished this brutal week of running through the Allegheny Mountains, 175 miles with 32,000 feet of aggregate elevation change, and the last thing that I wanted was another two-mile climb. And my first thought was, why is there a mountain here? Like, I'm in New Jersey, right? Like, isn't New Jersey supposed to be flat? I don't know my Western New Jersey geography that well, because it's not. And with each uphill step, I just found myself getting more and more irritated. The irrita irritation soon turned to anger. Anger at this stupid incline, anger at this ridiculous run, anger at how crappy I felt, and then anger at God. And I'm not proud of this, you all. But that quiet road heard some choice four-letter words from a very fatigued soul. And directly after my fit of anger, a sense of aloneness swept over me. While I knew dozens, if not hundreds of people were holding me up in prayer, I felt alone and isolated like never before. And in the midst of that overwhelming feeling, I just put my head down. And I just put one uphill step in front of the other. A moment later, I lifted my head, and there was a cyclist coming down on my side of the road. As the cyclist grew closer to me, he failed to come off the shoulder to give me room to run. This added to my growing irritation. I'm thinking, buddy, this pastor is in a bad spot. Do not play chicken with me right now. I will stiff arm you and drop you in the ditch, and I won't even, I won't even think about it, right? Uh, when this guy got about 20 yards from me, he stopped. And then he said, are you Steve Spear? Imagine my disbelief. I said, yes. And then he said, you're the guy running across the United States for clean water in Africa, right? And continued disbelief, I said, yes. And then the next line out of his mouth floored me as if what he already said didn't. 
He said, I just wanted to let you know there's a group of about 10 people a mile up the road ready to cheer you on. We heard what you were doing and we wanted you to know, and he used these words, you are not alone. We believe in you. And with those words, friends, I was in complete spiritual shock. I was stunned, I was overwhelmed, I was blown away. And then this angel of hope rode beside me. I mean, previously I wanted to deck him. <laughs> now, he's my, now he's my angel of hope. It just shows you how fickle I am, right? <laughs> and sure enough, a mile up the road, there was a group of about 10 people ready to rock my world. And um, uh, this picture will mean likely nothing to you. Uh, these are my New Jersey angels. You see, they saved something in me that day. And we spent the next 10 or 15 minutes, we greeted one another, we hugged, we laughed, we shared about our mutual faith in God. Now, I still had like 10 more miles to run on the day, so I didn't stay long. But as I ran into that next mile, I marveled at the divine orchestration of the previous 45 minutes. You see, our faithful God had met me in the midst of my broken spirit and my sense of aloneness. He knew the son of his was in trouble, and he miraculously tapped a group of unknown strangers to remind him, to surround him, and remind him with presence and hope that he is not alone. So Northview family, I have a reminder for you, an invitation. The reminder is this, you are not alone. You are not alone. Whatever you came into this space with, something swirling in your life, something at home, maybe something in a relationship, maybe something at work, at school, I want to remind you that you are not alone. One of my favorite passages of scripture is Psalm 125, verses one and two where it just simply says, the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. You are not alone. Here's the powerful invitation. Are you ready? Today, this day, you can come alongside a child, and not just any child, but a child in Ghana, Africa, to be exact, and to remind them that they are not alone and to reverse the false narrative that people who have less are less and to affirm their inherent dignity and to restore their broken circumstances. And in the next few moments, we have this vision that would bring this radically reversing hope to children and families in two of the most fragile communities in Ghana. You see, Ghana is filled with beautiful children who lack the basic resources to thrive. They are so full of hope, though they have so little. And the challenges of this last year have made the most vulnerable even more vulnerable. And honestly, the pairing of a pioneering faith like here at Northview with a pioneering work that's happening in Ghana, this is no coincidence, friends. And get this, there are 3,805 children, 3,805 children in these two communities in Ghana waiting to be sponsored. And frankly, I have been blown away by the faith of your church and your leaders to go after God-sized number and vision against that 3,805. So today, we are inviting you, every single one of you, to become a child sponsor. To say yes to sponsoring one of these children in Ghana who are desperately waiting on a sponsor and how your $39 a month will be pooled together with the $39 of others, just as with Winnie's Village, to restore their circumstances and to affirm their dignity. 
And I'm well aware here at Northview, at each campus online, that, that some of you already sponsor a child, and for this we are so very grateful. But perhaps the Lord is opening your heart and opening your family for maybe one more. Because I'm telling you, this is groundbreaking and unique, and let me tell you why. As you might know at World Vision, we've been partnering with churches for years uh, all over the U.S. by asking one person to sponsor an individual child in a community. And typically how we would have you do this is that you would walk out into your lobbies and there you would see pictures and pictures of dozens of pictures of children's fold, folders hanging on some string, pictures of children for you to choose from. And for those of you online, just imagine that, all of these pictures to choose from. But over the last year or so, we've been praying some big prayers at World Vision. Big prayers that would continue to push us in new ways to better serve his vulnerable children. And not that long ago, he birthed an idea that radically reversed our world. He led us to ask the question, what would it look like for the first time ever if this whole thing were reversed? And instead of us choosing a child, they were empowered to choose us. as a staff, we've been so excited for this moment of our spiritual growth campaign. And I talked to you about it when we began the spiritual growth campaign, that you wanted to be here every week if possible, but you certainly wanted to be here week five and week six. I honestly believe this is going to be a moment that we're going to remember for decades. You see, guys, what is happening today is this is the beginning of a long-term relationship with World Vision, Ghana, and Northview. Now, for those of you that call Northview home, you know this church has a heart for those around the world who are poor and who are hurting. And you've heard us talk about Ghana before. Ghana is, if you remember, if, if you've been around Northview for very long, you remember that Ghana is where the, uh, the boys and even some girls, the boys, young boys are being held in slavery in the fishing industry in Lake Volta. And we've supported them in a huge way. Well, now we're gonna do even more to help that country in a huge way. Guys, we don't just wanna stand back and watch and say, you know, that is just so sad. No, 
We believe as Christians that we have an obligation. We believe that we have responsibility to run towards those who are in need, to run towards children who cry out for help. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Seriously, guys, that's just one of the things that I love about Northview. It's just one of the things that I love about our church. You guys are always ready to step up and to help. We've seen it over and over again with things like Northview Dollar Club or the backpacks for students or Brookside. Regardless what it is, you guys are always quick to step up. And I think that's the way it should be, don't you? I mean, seriously, the church of Jesus Christ should always be ready for opportunities to help the poor. Instead of World Vision asking us for help, We should be the ones saying to World Vision, let us know when you have more kids that have need. Let us know when we can come alongside and help. You know, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I think you know that. He went on three missionary journeys starting the majority of the New Testament churches. And along the way, he experiences incredible persecution for the gospel. He writes this letter that we call Galatians. And in it, he talks about his missionary trip to Jerusalem. And he tells Peter and the rest of the apostles that he felt like God had called him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. In other words, to be an apostle to the non-Jews. Just as Peter and the other apostles had been called to be an apostle to the Jews. Well, the apostles all agree with him. They too think Paul has a God-given call on his life, so they don't disagree in any way. They think that he should go out and preach to the Gentiles or preach to the non-Jews. They don't even have any suggestions for him. They just kind of encourage him and say, we agree with you, go for it, except for one thing. One thing they asked of Paul. They said, as you go out and travel and speak and preach, we want you to remember the poor. Paul, whenever you minister, we want you to remember the poor. And well, Paul just totally agrees. He said, yeah, I'm all about that. He says, that's something that I already want to do. And guys, if you read the book of Acts, you'll see that everywhere Paul traveled, he was consistent with two things. Number one, he preached the gospel message of salvation, and he always took up an offering to help the poor. Guys, from the very beginning of the church, Christians have been helping the poor. Seriously, think about it. It was the church that started most of the orphanages. It was the church that started most of the hospitals. It was the church that rushes in to help those who are hungry. Well, Northview, once again, I'm asking you as the church to be generous, to make a sacrifice for these kiddos. Because I'm telling you guys, when you're willing to make a sacrifice, it's then we're inviting the supernatural to occur. You will never see the impossible if you don't step out and risk the comfortable for the sake of others. You will never see the impossible if you don't step out and risk the comfortable for the sake of others. You know, for $39 a month, you can help one of these kiddos in Ghana. Now, I know for some of you, $39 a month is really not that big of a deal. And yet for others, I know it is a sacrifice. But please hear me, that $39 will literally change the trajectory of a child's life in Ghana. Because of your generosity, these kids will have access to clean water, to education, and to health care. 
but even more importantly, you will influence them for Christ. Steve Spear is going to return in just a minute to explain what it is that we need to do. But basically, all of our campuses, this is what's going to happen. You're going to walk out to the lobby, and you're going to have this epic picture taken of you or your family. You say, well, why, Steve, is it epic? Because this picture will hang in a school or a church this next week, this very week. And a child in Ghana will walk into that room and they'll choose you. And so even if you're watching online, you can simply upload a photo and be a part of this. Sandy and I, I can tell you we're all in. I believe in this, I believe this is a God thing. We've got our picture ready and that picture is gonna be hanging on some string right next to yours. And I know that CJ and Kristen are all in. And so their picture of their family is gonna be hanging next to your picture and next to my picture. And then church, you ready for this? On Wednesday afternoon, actually all week long, Northview is hosting the most amazing choosing party in Ghana. And who's the guest of honor? Well, it'll be the most vulnerable children in Ghana, most of whom have been waiting for years for a sponsor most of whom have been waiting for years for someone to choose them. I mean, guys, I just want you to get a picture of this in your mind. This week, over 2,000 children will be coming to this party, all of them excited because they get to walk into a room with our pictures displayed, and they get to choose you. We've been talking about the fundamentals of Christianity. We've been talking about for the past several weeks how, what a big deal it is to be chosen of God. Everybody wants to be chosen. These kids want the dignity of being chosen as well. They will then, once they pick you, they will then write you a letter to tell you why they chose you. And when you show up next weekend, there's going to be an envelope with your name on it. And inside that envelope is going to be a picture of your child. Now think about this. Inside that envelope is going to be a picture of your child holding a picture of your family. And there will also be instructions on how you can go on myworldvision.org to see your letter that they wrote online telling you why they chose you. Then those letters will be mailed to you in a few weeks so that you can keep those forever. World Vision um, also is creating a private Northview Chosen Facebook group. And so once your picture is taken today, it'll be merged into this Facebook group. And then all across the Northview family, we can see and celebrate all those that have been chosen. Here's an image of, to just give you an idea what that Facebook, um, I think we've got that image up there, the Facebook, maybe not, maybe not. You know what Facebook looks like. One of the first pictures that you're gonna see is the one of Sandy and me. And over the course of the next week, we're gonna begin to post your pictures from, or we're gonna begin to post the pictures from the choosing party that will all be taking place in Ghana. Listen guys, next weekend is gonna be a pretty special weekend, so you'll want to make sure that you are here. But today, guys, I'm asking each one of you to step into the life of a child. You know, The most world vision has ever seen in one of these initiatives 
is I think the largest they've ever had is 600 children were sponsored. But guys, I'm just telling you, I know the heart of this church. I know your heart. And it's one of generosity for those that are hurting. So here's my prayer. My prayer is that we will step up and sponsor 2,000 precious little kiddos. I, yeah. And again, you know, we talked about that and it seems to stretch, but I really do believe, Northview, that we can do this. I know it's a big goal, but I believe we can do this. So friends, would you just help me put the power to choose back in the hands of a child? Listen, I think we all want to be seen. I think we all want to be loved. I think we all want to be chosen. And so this is just, again, today is really the kickoff of a long-term relationship. I don't just mean a relationship that's gonna go on for a few months. This is a long-term relationship that we're going into with World Vision and a long-term relationship we're going into with the country of Ghana. We're gonna be taking short-term trips there. We're gonna be uh, helping them not only with clean water and medical and, and building and on and on it goes, but it's gonna be, be an incredible relationship that we're building together. And so. Before Steve comes back up, uh, can I just pray? Father, I thank you and I praise you for your faithfulness. You are an amazing God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I believe you've called us to a time such as this, that God, you have called us to the country of Ghana. We felt that so many years ago when we went to help these children that are stuck in slavery on Lake Volta. But God, I really believe that you intended us to go into a deeper relationship than we ever thought a possible. And so I pray, God, that you would just uh, encourage us, that you would just whisper in our ears and help us to, uh, to know how many kids you would want us to sponsor. But I'm praying, Lord, that we could see at least 2,000 children that are, know that they're loved and know that they're cared about. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. We love you and we praise you. And we're just asking all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Steve. What a joy. What a joy to partner with Pastor Steve, Pastor CJ, uh, campus pastors, and you, the Northview family, to do exactly what Pastor Steve just highlighted from the Apostle Paul, to remember the poor. And I don't think it's an accident that you're here today. I just don't think that. And I do believe just as God tapped a group of unknown strangers on a mountain in New Jersey to remind me of his presence and hope, he's tapping you. And he's going to tap a child this week to choose you. And uh, you're going to be reminded of our God and hope. And both you and this child are going to grow spiritually in ways that will be really cool to see. So you're probably saying, how do we activate this whole thing? Well, let me tell you. I just got a few steps of how we're going to make this happen. Step number one, pull out your phone. It's as easy as that. <laughs> That's right. Just pull out your phone at each campus. Just pull out your phone right now. And in just a few moments, your campus pastor will come and there will be a slide that will show a keyword that you are to text to the number 56170. So get everything ready, get your phone out, get a text message open, and in a moment, your campus pastor is gonna come and you will have a campus-specific keyword that you will text to 56170. What's gonna happen, you're then gonna text that keyword in, you're going to wait about 10 seconds, right? And then you're gonna get a bounce back link. That bounce back link is going to come your way, and when it comes back, you're then just going to answer a few questions. Uh, name, you know, a little bit of info. One of the next questions that will be asked is, how many children do you want to be chosen by? 
And a couple weeks ago, we had a family at a church, and God was moving in their heart. The number six was a meaningful number in their family, and they felt the Lord calling them to be chosen by six children, which was very moving. And so what will happen is how many times you want to be chosen, that is how many pictures will be printed of you and hanging uh, there on the string. So you're going to fill that out. And then at the end of that little filling a few things out, you're going to get prompted, as Pastor Steve mentioned, to go into your lobby and you're going to take the most epic picture of your life. And you, you heard, why is it epic? Because it, a child's going to choose you at a choosing party this week. And for those of you online, you'll be prompted to, to take and then upload a picture from online you know, as well that you can then have posted. And then all of these things, of course, are going to be merged into the Facebook group. And I didn't ask Pastor Steve this yet. I didn't ask him ahead of service. But my wife, Frances, and I would love to jump in with you. I have so enjoyed being a part of the spiritual growth campaign. We sponsor many kids, but we're like, we'd love to sponsor another one in Ghana. We don't have a sponsored child in Ghana. So we're going to be chosen uh, right alongside you, which we're looking forward to as well. So a couple of final things to be reminded of. First of all, there's a cutoff of 9 p.m. Sunday night. Just a few hours from now, a cutoff of 9 p.m. Sunday night. This gives our friends in Ghana plenty of time to print off pictures. A second reminder, if you have any technical issues at all, like you're not even sure if your phone can do this or you don't have a phone, no problem. We've got folks in your lobby with iPads. They can help you out. We're all good to go. For those of you online, we have online support for you. So we're really looking forward to serving you in this way. And as Pastor Steve mentioned, my final reminder to you is do not miss Reveal Sunday at your campus. Just don't miss it. It will rock your world when you see this picture of a child holding your picture. And uh, with that, it has been a blessing. It truly has been a blessing being with you all. And we're now going to turn it over uh, to your campus pastor as we make this vision of 2,000 of us being chosen a reality. So uh, let's give God the glory and the praise, shall we? Yeah, yeah.